Welcome to this series of podcasts for FinTech CTO Club, a community where tech executives learn and share best leadership practices. Here, Vasil Soloschuk, CEO of Insart and the author of FinTech CTO Club, will discuss burning topics on the FinTech product development arena with the technical leaders in the industry. This is episode 10 of our podcast. Our guest today is Alan Becker, co-founder and CTO at Voca AI, which specializes in natural language processing to build voice assistance for financial services software. Thank you for accepting my invitation for FinTech CTO Club interview. And uh, my very first question is, could you please introduce yourself and uh, tell us what's your background uh, in technology? and uh, specifically in fintech and how it is related sure so my background it's uh, is technological i did my uh, uh bachelor degree in physics and uh, electrical engineering then on, i did my master degree and my doc phd in machine learning and deep learning uh, when i uh, began my master degree those were uh, the days that uh, the deep learning just merged to the world. This was in 2012. Uh, then, of course, no PyTorch or, or TensorFlow or any deep learning frame, frameworks existed. So I needed to implement, implement uh, and everything by, by my own. So it was kind of uh, really fun. And, uh, of course, I learned a lot of, by doing that. Uh, during my PhD, I published 10 papers in the fields of uh, speech, text, computer vision, medical, and uh, even bi- bioinformatics. Uh, my work was always uh, doing uh, deep learning methods uh, for those uh, use cases. Um, after finishing my PhD, um, I established VOCA with uh, my co-founder, Inavi Tamar. Uh, we're we going to discuss about VOCA soon, right? But uh, just a bit about, about myself. Uh, I was recently uh, nominated uh, by Forbes Europe to be uh, 30 under 30 in the technological uh, section. So uh, that's all about myself. Okay, thank you. So how do you think uh, the uh, scientific background helps you to, to accomplish CTO role at the moment? Yeah, so this is, uh, I think, a great question. And this, those kind of, uh, I always ask myself uh, how, if this helped help me and how. So yeah, I think during my PhD, I earned a lot of uh, skills. Uh, between them, I think, uh, I learned how to think in a very structured way, in a logic manner, and how to, how to conduct research. And I think I use those skills every single day in my work in VOCA. If this is related to the research, what should be the next uh, uh, path that we should go in the research, how to find uh, even bugs in production, uh, how to make the, the product to be better and more sophisticated. And if it, this is even for uh, just thinking in a, in a strategic way, 
in the business side on how uh, what what should be the, the market that, that we should should explore first how of course hand, uh, handle the the relationship with uh, customers investors uh, i think uh, i think this is pretty much okay okay great um, so let's discuss woka so my question is how did you come to this idea and uh, how do you apply and what actually what what algorithms what uh, techniques uh, from the artificial intelligence uh, uh, do you apply you know to provide this solution for the market okay so uh, as I told you before when I I, I graduated from my PhD and met my, met my co-founder in Amitamar. He just, uh, back then, he just uh, was after the, uh, his last company, Corrigan, was acquired by eBay. It was in 2017. And then we begin thinking about uh, what should be uh, the product that, that we are developing. And we had a common, I think, dream. Uh, I would say a geek dream of uh, we wanted to create the perfect personal assistant that will be able to pass the Turing test uh, continuously. Um, and since we saw that the chatbot uh, space was plenty of uh, full of startups, uh, so we thought that uh, the best uh, area to be is the, the voice bot. And uh, when we begin working about uh, Boca, at the, but at the beginning, we, we thought that what is a voice bot? A voice bot is just a chatbot that you can plug in from the one side, a speech to text engine, and from the other side, a text to, text to speech engine. But we understood really, really fast, I think after one month of work, after the, the first prototyping of Boca, we understood that, that this approach is not working, mainly for a couple of reasons. The first one is that when you are doing speech to text, you're losing a lot, a lot of information of the customer side. You're losing the intonation and you're losing uh, uh, even uh, the understanding. Uh, the other reason is that when you, when you do speech to text uh, and you, ha you have no the context of the conversation, this is really a difficult task. And the word error rate that uh, you can achieve with great speech recognizers will be still something uh, about 20% world error rate, which is still, it is not good enough. If you fed uh, text with 20% world error rate inside a chatbot engine, this is still garbage in, garbage out. So we actually begin thinking about how, how to create the algorithm that will take the voice of the customer and classify directly to the intent without necessarily going through the text because if you would like to classify the intent of the customer, this is a much simpler task than making speech to text and then text classification. So why solving a, such a hard task, such as speech to text and text classification, if you can just classify directly from the speech? And the, the answer was that people are doing that because they have uh, the Google API speech recognizer and they have a chatbot engine uh, framework and the, and they think in an engineering way. They just want to plug them together because they know uh, every single component. But we said, why should we work this, this way? Let's build an algorithm, a deep neural network, 
that will take the voice itself and classify directly to the meaning, to the intent of the customer. So this is what we did. Uh, and today uh, we are being able, based on this technology, technology that we developed, we are being able to achieve a speech to intent accuracy that, that is near to 99% accuracy uh, compared to the speech to text and text classification which usually you achieve around 70-75%. And this makes the whole difference between uh, uh, a robotic experience in which the bot will, uh, will uh, have the questions and get, could you please repeat that? It, it could it get you, could you please repeat that? To the experience that today we are providing with Vocal. Of course, on top of it, we needed to make a lot of optimizations. And because we handled all the technology, all the speech and NLP component, we can actually reduce the latency between two turns of the conversation, between three seconds, that this is the, the, the latency that you have today if you're using any external APIs. Between every single turn, you will have three seconds. We reduce it to one second of latency, which is the exactly latency that humans have in a, in a, in a normal conversation. And the third component, of course, is to be able to synthesize a speech that sounds human. And we, when we accomplish those three components, the speech to intent understanding, taking the latency down, and then being able to synthesize a speech that sounds human, we are actually in a way, in a, in a, we, are, we are actually in, a, in the right path to creating the human-like experience that we dream of. And this is what we are doing today. Today, we're handling um, hundreds of thousands of phone calls in production a month. And we are actually passing Turing test 99% of the, of, the, of the phone calls. We are actually, the dream that we had two years ago, today it came through. And uh, we, I, I, we are very proud and glad uh, about that, of course. So who are your clients at the moment? Who are the majority of your clients? And what are the uh, re uh, real-world uh, use cases to... For, for so we, have a bunch of, uh, we are focused on the financial services. Uh, we mainly uh, uh, serve uh, financial institutions uh, and we have a bunch of use cases. Uh, but the, the main major, I think, aspect of the use cases is that we are always focused on uh, conversations that have a well-defined KPI. And a, a well-defined KPI could be related to sales, could be related to debt collection, could, could be related to just uh, making an upsell, a cross-sell, right? But the common between every single use case is the, the well-defined KPIs. Because when I have a well-defined KPI, and I can actually make use of reinforcement learning algorithms in order to uh, uh, modify the bot to, uh, to maximize the outcome of the conversations. Because why, why using the same voice or agent or accent to every single phone call, right? Because if you are approaching someone from New York, maybe I should use a female voice between the ages of uh, 30 to 35. But if I'm approaching someone uh, from Texas, maybe I should use a, 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 a male voice with a different accent 
and why using the same wordings, right? You can actually test which words, which wordings of the conversation is working better. So those, those are the kind of stuff, stuff that we are optimizing with the, with the kind of conversations with well-defined KPIs. Because by the end of the day, I have a bunch of data and I know this conversation was successful, this wasn't successful, this, was, uh, uh, this one was successful, and I can actually back, back propagate this label back to every single aspect of the bot. So this is what we're doing. Okay, cool. Uh, so what, what do you think, uh, is there any difference uh, you know, between managing developers and uh, data scientists? Because you know, when, you, when you do uh, some software developments, there, there could be pretty clearly described uh, requirements, what should be implemented, but uh, when you need to do some research, uh, you know, you, you could have uh, some uh, problem uh, on your plate, but uh, you don't know the methods, you, don't, you, you still need to do research, you need to, do, so yes. the, the clarity is pretty, uh, pretty uh, big here. So is there any difference, uh, you know, managing software developers and uh, data scientists from your experience? Yeah, sure. So uh, based on my experience, there is a big difference because as you, as you said, when you have software developers, you usually have, you're trying to build new features to the, to the product or maybe uh, to create a new product, but you have a well-defined path on how things should be done. But in data science and machine learning, we usually try to solve research problems in which we don't know what would be the best approach so we need to think a lot beforehand, use intuitions in order to think what would, what would be the best path. But, but then, even then, we need to monitor uh, every single step. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm managing the data science group inside Coca, and we have uh, even a daily conversations of, okay, we saw today that this algorithm is working better on this data, but not on this data, so let's try to think together what, what is the reasons of that, we need to all, all the time like have the, the intuition about the data and the algorithms. So this, this is a continuous research work in which you know how you begin the work, but you not always know how this will be ended. Because a lot of times you, you think that the best thing to do is to begin with one algorithm and one approach, but you then you, 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 you just discover like after two days of work that this approach it wasn't good but, but at all, so you need to completely change the approach. So maybe once you, you, you like uh, make a plan for two months, but after two days you need to replan it because you just figured out that this, this approach is not good. So how will you understand uh, whether you're on the right path or not uh, uh, if, uh, for example, a uh, few suggestions failed and you can't achieve uh, the result that you want to achieve. So how, how would you understand that you're on the right way with your research? Sure, so uh, this is the great question of AI. So it is always data. Because we have data and we have training sets and testing sets. So I can actually check whether this algorithm is good or bad. So this is the way we, uh, we, we find the right path. We try something, we try new algorithm, then we test it, and we have the intuition, okay, this is working or not. So every single 
piece in the research, we are testing it in front of real data, real customer data. So this, this is what actually allows us to develop, develop algorithms and have the right intuition of how should things work. So the question was actually, uh, so you mentioned uh, that you have uh, hundreds of thousand users in production. Yeah, that's right. So the question was, what's the, how, the big mm -hmm. how big is the data set? Yeah, yeah so what type of data actually do you process and use? Big data, right? Because the bot is handling conversations with customers. So we are talking here about speech data, just phone calls data. And we usually have, uh, of course, we have uh, tens of thousands of speech data generated monthly because we're doing uh, millions of uh, phone calls a month. Uh, so actually we have a uh, huge amount of data. Uh, so of course we need uh, to have the right infrastructure, GPUs to order to train the data, the databases to storage the data. So this, this is the kind of data that we have. Okay, okay, got it. Um, from the team perspective, uh, so there are a couple questions related to this. So it's very important to hire the right people, you know, for maybe for any company. So what's your approach in uh, hiring people in selecting the right people, selecting the right engineers, the right data scientists for your team? So what, sure. uh, what, what, sure. what's your approach here? Mm -hmm. yeah, so as you probably know that uh, the people that you're hiring for the startup is the, the, the key, most important thing for the startup. So every single person that uh, enter, enters Boca is, of course, examined. I mean, we test them that is suitable to work in Boca. And it means that, of course, we need to see that uh, this person is, of course, smart enough. He has the, the research capabilities. But even more important of that is the personality. To see if the, this person has the the right personality to work in a startup, in a very dynamic startup. Uh, if he's uh, open-minded to think about uh, solutions by his own, because we have, a, you know, in a startup, we have a lot of problems, a lot of uh, new uh, obstacles that you're tackling all the, all the time. And you want the, 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 the employees to, to solve the problems, uh, to, to think about those problems and solve them uh, by their own. So this is really important for a startup. It's not only how smart they are, it's really important the personality of, of them and see if they're, they can really work in a, in a dynamic environment. Okay, okay, thank you. So how big is the uh, current team and what is the, the structure of the team at the moment? So we are currently about 20 employees. Uh, we have... Uh, 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 CEO, which is enough. My co-founder, I am CEO. We have a VP R&D. We have a team of 10 engineers and data scientists. We have, of course, operations, uh, sales, product. Okay. So, um, could you please explain um, What's your approach in uh, you know, setting up processes, development processes? So, you, we have touched uh, how the research is done, but uh, could you explain what's your approach about the software development processes? Um, do you have any formal methodology applied or not? Or, and, uh... Yeah, so we have a CI-CD approach. 
in which every time we push something new to production, uh, we are testing that and we are testing everything with a simulator that we uh, develop. We actually have a, a, a voice bot simulator that we actually can take data, historical data, and simulate that, uh, how would be the experience uh, uh, with every single component of the, of the of the software stack, right? So if you, if you, I just upgraded this, the speech engine or the NLP engine, I can just run the simulator and voila, I will have the, the, the output of, okay, uh, this, I would know that for sure this engine is better and ha has a better speech to intent accuracy and so on. If I just deploy a new component that should uh, reduce the latency of the bot, so I can just testing by, by the simulator and, and then have the final answer. Okay, the latency was dropped from 1.1 second to one second. So we discussed about the team structure and uh, the hiring process. Uh, so actually the next question, let's discuss uh, as soon as, uh, as, as a CTO, uh, you need to, you know, to tackle many different tasks uh, per day. And the question is, uh, what, what time management techniques do you use? And uh, how do you split your time between uh, maybe like managing, uh, managing people, manage, uh, thinking about uh, what should be done, about actually doing some, maybe some research or maybe some development work. So how, how do you split your time across different, uh, uh, across different tasks, across different areas? Yeah so, yeah, so this is a really interesting question because uh, when I, uh, I established, I founded Voca, I thought that my daily work will be just, you know, being, uh, just being a coder <laughs> of my indie startup. But of course, this is not the reality. Today, unfortunately, I, I don't have enough time to code by, my, by, my, by myself. I need to manage uh, the data scientists and developers to do that. So my day-to-day -day is... Uh, is uh, split between management and uh, thinking about the te technology, uh, about uh, try to analyze the research results and how to proceed uh, and develop new algorithms that will improve the product. On the other side, of course, we have a lot of uh, conversations with existing customers. We have, uh, as any startup, a lot of meetings with investors. So my day-to-day, -day, it's really, we have, I have a variety of uh, different uh, roles and need to manage the, the development and I need to even be in touch with customers and try to, to you know, just uh, present VOCA in front of new, to investors. So my day-to-day, -day, it's really, fun. I think, I mean, I love it. I love my day-to-day, -day. it's really fun. It's, it's, uh, it's never boring to me. Okay, that's cool. So is it changing through the last few years when you started? And like on the start and right now, uh, have you changed your time management techniques somehow or not? Taking into account that you thought that you will be focused more on coding, uh, but now you need to do many other tasks as well. Yeah, so we changed. At the beginning, when we founded the company, it was, uh, I just actually developed the, the the prototype of Voca, right? So I did everything. So I, I, today, my day to day, it's, it's different because I I I don't have time to code anymore. But I 
I, I have time for different things, but I just try to to make the things uh, that uh, are needed for the startup. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. just you know it's very simple. We are we are a startup, we are a company, and there are a lot of requirements that should be done, and I try just to do that. So <laughs> it's, uh, for me, it's very simple. We just have a lot of requirements for customers, mm -hmm. investors, from technology aspects, and we just try to solve every single aspect of them. So. Is uh, this is my day to day? Okay, cool. Um, so, as a startup, uh, you had uh, to, you know, at the beginning when you start developing the product, you need to, to select the right technological stack, uh, uh, you know, to be enough fast to the market, and from other hand, to be to develop a scalable solution, you know, to be able to scale it in the future. And going forward, you need also to do many decisions regarding the technology and regarding the architecture of the software. So the question actually, how, how do you select the technological stack in the, uh, you know, in the first place and maybe going forward? So what are the uh, main things that we need to be, uh, to be aware about? So what's, what's your experience here? Yeah, so uh, we actually have on board a really experienced guy. Uh, we have uh, Danny Rookman, which is uh, our VP R&D, uh, and he has over 20 years of experience in the field of uh, engineering and uh, big data. And usually the, the, the current decisions that should be done in the stack, uh, in the software stack, are made by, by hand today. Of course, we are... Uh, have a lot of discussions about about that, but he's today uh, uh, in charge of the, the stack choices. Uh, but I, I think one of the main advantages of being in a startup is that uh, every single engineer has the ability to actually make decisions and make an impact. Because uh, even though we are like a real, real structure management, every single engineer by the end of the day. Uh, we, because we trust them, they have the ability to actually understand problems and solve them by themselves and even choose or, or offer what would be the, the right stack technology to use. Okay, okay. Uh, so, and what's, you know, when, when you selected this, this technology, so what, what technologies proved that they're uh, right technologies to be used and maybe what have you tried and it, it didn't work well? What technologies didn't work well? Maybe some frameworks or something. And could you please share your experience on that? Mm -hmm. Sure, so we still, I mean, we have of course a product that is, uh, I think is great, but we are still having, still working on product improvements. We're still trying to, of course, uh, uh, make the machine learning to be more accurate. We still, want to reduce latency, we have scalability issues, right? We want to be able to run as much as voice bots as we can in a, in a single, uh, single machine. Um, and of course, because our main goal is, uh, and vision is actually to enable human-like experience in speech conversations. So this is an endless mission, right? Because uh, when you try solve one problem, then you, you're, like, you, you're just raising your expectations. And you say, okay, if the if the agent, virtual agent, is being able to to sales sell, sell uh, let's say a uh, um, 
a simple product. So let's try now to sell, sell a much complicated product, right? So every time we reach one goal, which we just rise up the expectations. So this is a continuous and endless work. And every single uh, step, when we solve something, we just raise up the expectations and we just try to solve that. Okay, okay. So and what are your plans for this year? So what do you want to achieve with Walker? Uh, so maybe some specific features that you want to deliver to the market? And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so um, I, I think the main features that, that and plans that we have today is to uh, expand to customer service as well. Uh, this is one of the main features, and this re requires uh, uh, some improvements in the machine learning side because uh, when you do when you, when when you have conversations with well-defined KPIs. So usually you have uh, in every single state of the conversation, you have a classification problem between 10 to 20 intents. And this is something that's doable, but in customer experience, customer service, you usually try trying to solve a, a intent classification of uh, between hundreds of different intents. So this is a much difficult task to solve. So this is one of the, one of the uh, goals for this year to just solve uh, with human level experience, a task of uh, 100 different speech to intent. So this is uh, one of the goals for this year. Okay, okay, got it. So if I have a few more questions. So, uh, tell, you know, as a CTO and technology leader, uh, you probably need to learn many different new things uh, every day. And actually, what's your approach about learning? So, you know, like. Do you read uh, uh, some books on management, on management or not, uh, or do you read any resources, or do you know uh, learn from doing things actually, or talking to other uh, CTOs, or maybe attending conferences? So, what's the approach about learning uh, as a technology leader? Yeah. So, uh, actually, of course, we are of keep learning from the actual experience, of course. But we have uh, in Israel a lot of communities of uh, entrepreneurs. We have meetups and we try to just, you know, handle conversations and try to learn from each other. Uh, I, I read podcasts, uh, you know, I heard podcasts. I try to, to use my time uh, carefully in order to be able to train myself to be a, a as much good as you can. Okay, so uh, can you advise maybe a couple uh, interesting meetups in Israel? Yeah, sure. So there's a, a, a entrepreneurs meetup in Israel. This is the, the name of the group. <laughs> okay. Um, there are, uh, of course, a lot of uh, Facebook groups related to entrepreneurship as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, I have as well my own network of uh, friends that you know that they they are entrepreneurs them, themselves. You just you know, you just uh, sit down for a coffee and uh, for a break, for a beer sometimes, and just discuss things and try to 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 learn from each other. Okay, cool, cool. So, and probably my last question is, uh, so what what 
what is the most interesting part of your work at the moment and what motivates you uh, the most? And, uh, you know, the set, from the other hand, what is the most boring thing that you need to do, uh, but, you need, but you still need to do it? Yeah, so I think the fact that we are building a product that is passing the Turing test, Turing test uh, tens of uh, thousands of times a day, it's a dream for me that came true. Uh, my day today is really fun because I, it varies from thinking about new deep learning topologies for making the machine learning better. And as, as, and as I said, to speak with customer, customers and investors. And so there are a lot of things. So this is really uh, fun and uh, fun for me. I think that the most boring thing that I did uh, the last year was just I know uh, uh, creating the salaries. Just you know, uh, go over the details and verifying uh, that uh, you know all, all the financial aspects of just paying to vendors and uh, for the renting of the office and just you know buying uh, new pieces for the new employees. But you know, this, uh, as a startup, you, you get shit done. So uh, there's another no other option. Okay, got it, got it. So, and maybe the last, so what would you advise to uh, people who are just starting uh, as CTO of, uh, of the startup? So what, what would you advise maybe you can recommend something or, you know, tell, tell us some wishes? Yeah, I think, I think I would recommend them if someone wants to be a CTO or a co-founder of, of a company, it needs to be ready to just, as I told you before, get shit done, uh, do everything that is needed for the su uh, success of the company. Because, uh, you know, there's no, no, no such a thing like, like a well-defined role in a startup. In a startup, you need to do everything from financial to customers, to development, to release, and, you know, and to hire, to hire people, you need to do everything. So uh, you need to be ready to do, do that. So I think, for a new entrepreneur, I would recommend them to just prepare himself mentally and knows and, and to know that this is the, the path of, of entrepreneur is a path that is not well defined. Uh, you cannot expect what, what you're going to do in the future. And you need to be ready to, to do everything that is needed. 